Welcome to the Occult London Podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write us a review and rate us on iTunes as it really helps us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. Thank you. In today's episode, we are going to be kicking off our series on a brief history of astrology with a discussion on the origins of this art in prehistory and also how it may have developed. Pre-literate astrology is thought to have most likely been focused on astronomical observations for practical purposes. So the earliest humans and communities are likely to have been nomadic and we do have some evidence from 15,000 years BC that records lunar phases on animal bones and also on cave walls, for example, the Lascaux Caves in France. The Lascaux Caves in France are very interesting in this regard. These are incredible cave paintings that were painted onto the walls of a large cave in the Dordogne by Cro-Magnon Man over 15,000 years ago. And this is really whilst the rest of Europe would have been in the grip of an ice age. And these are very famous. That Even the great artist Picasso is meant to have said of them, since Lascaux we have invented nothing. These beautiful cave paintings really show how advanced early mankind was and they go against the popular theories articulated by art historians such as Gombrich, who begins the development of Western art with ancient Greece. These cave paintings show a flourishing, beautiful intellectual culture existing in quite an inhospitable place, because this is, remember, during one of the Ice Ages. And they also show why you know humans would have migrated there to hunt mammoths, rhinoceros, hippos and deer. To get this time period in perspective, the Great Pyramid of Giza dates from 4,600 years ago. The Parthenon sculptures in Greece to 2,650. And the plaques from the Obar Palace in Benin from around 600 years ago. So we can see this connection with these ancient sites. And this cave art, you know, it really does exist on this sort of different level, different time scale, that's very hard for us modern human beings to comprehend. And anyone who's stood in the Chamber of the Bulls, which is in the Lascaux Caves, um, and looked at the artwork that was created on the walls of these chambers over 15,000 years ago, we'll be in agreement that this art represents some of the greatest works of art ever created. And if you look at some of the amazing images in the chamber, there are actually drawings that have been identified as being lunar cycles. There's an amazing picture of a deer uh, with 13 dots ending in a square. And that's thought to represent the moon's monthly cycle. So it's got one dot for each day. The moon is in the sky and also the dark moon. 
There are also further dots in the cave suggesting the 29-day cycle of the moon as well as the lunar cycles. And also some experts have found other constellations here as well. So we've got the Pleiades that indicate that you know possibly these ancestors that lived in these caves would have studied the stars, would have used uh, a form of astrology as part of their hunter-gatherer lifestyle where the seasons and the ebb and flow of time would have been really important. And the archaeologist Dr. Michael Rappengluek of the University of Munich said of the caves, They were aware of the rhythms of nature. Their survival depended on them. They were a part of them. Lunar bone calendars have been found in France and Germany and are thought to have been carved by these early priests, by these early shamans during the Upper Paleolithic era, period and would have been carved into stone, bone or antlers probably so that they could be carried by the hunters of the time. And these, these ancient objects, they're very fascinating as they share an understanding of mathematical ideas as well as the interplay between the annual moon cycle, the ecliptic solstice and then also the seasonal changes on Earth. For example, there's one called the Aurignacian lunar calendar that was studied by the archaeologist Alexander Marshak that is worth studying. Also, they found incredible artefacts that have been found in the region as well that indicate that there was a very close relationship um, between nature and these people and also what was going on in the sky as well. So there's a famous tablet known as the Orion Tablet, which has the star constellation of Orion carved on it that is thought to be over 35,000 years old. So, you know, massive times there. As this nomadic civilization began to change, began to adapt, and they would have become more agrarian communities around 9000 BC, people would have needed a way to measure time and to be able to regulate their lives, to prepare for floods, drought, etc. Farmers would need to be able to work out the seasons so they would know when to plant crops when can I harvest? When can I store? And they would have observed the sky and they would have looked at the stars, looked at the sky. Where are they? Where are these stars? Where's the moon? And then use the constellation and stars to measure different seasons or changes that might affect their land. So it's things like flooding, for instance. You know, when does the land flood? When should I plant my crops? As well as watching the stars in the sky, observation, but also worship and sacred ritual of the sun and moon was very important. So the sun moves across the sky, shadows change in direction and length. So a sundial can measure the length of day, but it was also noticed that the length of day varies at different times of the year. The study of these two celestial bodies would have been used to mark important times of the year, celebrations and festivals, 
And it also would have led to the birth of lots of legends and myths, which later extend out into the different planets and the stars and the constellations. If we then jump to 4000 BC to 2000 BC, we also see the construction of many megalithic structures, so Stonehenge, which demonstrates a really strong understanding of mathematical principles, as well as astronomy. And one author wrote of Stonehenge, The, the Sarsen stones put up in at the centre of the site in about 2500 BC were carefully aligned to line up with the movements of the sun. If you were to stand in the middle of the stone circle on Midsummer's Day, the sun rises just to the left of the heel stone, an outlying stone to the northeast of the monument. Archaeological excavations have found a large stone hole to the left of the heel stone, and it may have held a partner stone. The two stones framing the sunrise. On midwinter's day, turning 180 degrees to face towards the southwest, the sun would originally have set between the two uprights of the largest Trithlion. At the head of the Sarsen horseshoe, it would have dropped down into the altar stone. And that's a quote about Stonehenge, but as you can see, it's very accurate in terms of this positioning. So obviously there is this element of the megalithic structure being a way to work with the sacred forces of the sun, of the moon, in terms of marking time, in terms of that ritual aspect. Although this has only been a brief introduction, um, you know, we can see from some of these points, some of these artefacts we've discussed, that the beginnings of this art of astrology, this way of thinking, would later then be developed into something much more complex in the ancient world of Mesopotamia. And this is really the cradle of what will later develop into hermetic thought. In the next episode, we will be travelling through time and into the deserts of Mesopotamia. However, before I go, I'd like to finish this episode with a poem about Stonehenge by the poet Robert Lawrence Binion. Gaunt on the cloudy plain stand the great stones, dwarfed in the vast reach of a sky that owns all the measure of earth within its cloud-hung cave. Dumb stands the circle as on a god's grave. But clattering with horses up from the valley, with horses and horsemen at a trot gaily, dragging the limbered guns, youth comes riding, Easy sits, mettlesome, horses bestriding. Fast come the twinkling hooves, light wheels and guns, invading the upland and sweep past the stones. Giant those shapes now over them tower, time's dark stature over youth's fleet hour. Ribs of dismemoried earth, 
regard what you may, the immortals also pass nor stay. Thanks very much for joining us this week on the Occult London podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please make sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. Thank you.